Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. This morning, we're going to continue our sermon series that we started last week on our birthday Sunday, celebrating one year at The Gathering. I'm so glad that you could be here for that. What a great morning it was. And we've been in a series called At the Movies. At the Movies. This is a popular sermon series that churches do. Um, Now, I know watching movies is not the same as reading scripture. I completely agree. We're not trying to replace scripture. But Jesus would tell stories in the Bible that he called parables. And there's something about stories that just help us learn. They help us pay attention and focus. And so what we're doing is we're examining biblical truths within movies. And last week, we watched Toy Story. Did anybody enjoy Toy Story last week? Have a good time. Yeah, it was fun. How many of you went home and watched Toy Story after last week? I know a couple of you said you were, the Sharpnecks, and some others. Did any, has anybody not seen it and you watched it last week for the first time? I'm just curious if I inspired anybody to do that. Okay, no. But I'm glad that I could, um, we could watch that together. We talked about belonging and the insecurity that attempts to prevent us from our purpose and securing our identity in God. If you remember at the end of the movie, this this important moment where, where Buzz, he looks at the bottom of his shoe and he sees Andy's name, meaning he is a toy that belongs to Andy. And we belong to God. We, we can't allow insecurity or, or struggling with our identity to keep us from knowing that, no, you belong to God. We have to make room in this church also for, for people to get connected to a loving, Christ-centered community. And so today, we are going to continue our At The Movie series with another iconic movie. We're going to go with an even older movie than we did last week. We're going to go back to 1980. We're going to go to a sequel, maybe the best sequel ever made. Um, it includes great moments like the Battle of Hoth. Uh, it includes the introduction of great characters like Boba Fett and Yoda. And, of course, the iconic line, I am your father. That's the best Vader impression I could do. Yes, I'm talking about The Empire Strikes Back, one of the best movies, um, one of my favorite movies because, first of all, it's a great movie, but also I have this connection to it. It was the first movie that I saw as a kid that was a non-children's movie, right? Uh, And I saw it because it was taped on our VCR when it was on television. You know, my parents were not buying a lot of movies, but if I can find it on television and and VHS record it, I can watch it. And so um, I watched this movie over and over and over again as a kid. I watched it before I saw A New Hope or or Return of the Jedi. So it took my my child mind a little bit to figure out what's happening when I go to the library and I got those other movies out to figure out, okay, New Hope was before that, this was after, and, and figure it out. But I watched that movie so many times because of ABC's viewing that when I watch it today, I'm confused when it doesn't cut away to commercial because I knew every single time when it was going to cut away to commercial. Uh, I watched it so many times. But this movie highlights um, a character story of learning how to believe, how to have faith and trust. Not faith in God, obviously, but to have trust. And today's going to be a little bit different from last week. We're not going to be able to show clips from the whole movie. Toy Story is a little bit easier to do that with. It's a shorter movie. But we're going to focus on the story of Luke Skywalker. And again, this movie is over 40 years old. 
I will be spoiling some parts of the movie, so if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry, but you've had 40 years to watch it, okay? Um, just a fair warning. We're going to look at the story of Luke Skywalker, who is a young rebel fighting uh, the empire uh, that destroyed his home. The empire has killed his aunt and uncle, and Luke finds out that he is strong with this thing called the Force, this mystical energy that certain beings have the ability to harness uh, and have extraordinary powers and abilities from. And Luke doesn't fully realize the extent of his powers and his abilities, and he has to grow into them throughout this episode. So we're going to look at the power of belief and the power of feelings in this message entitled, I've Got a Bad Feeling About This. If you're a Star Wars movie fan, you know that's a line throughout the Star Wars movies. I've got a bad feeling. There's a connection between you know, what we're feeling and what we believe. There's a difference. Sometimes we can feel one thing, but our belief in God has to tell us something else. Because what we look to will, will sustain us and, and keep us through the hard times. And this movie is called The Empire Strikes Back. I told my mom last, last Sunday what I was going to be preaching on this week. She said, why did you pick that movie? The, that's not a good movie. The bad guys win in that movie. Why would you cho choose Return of the Jedi or something like that? I said, well, Empire Strikes Back is a better movie, first of all, in my opinion. Uh, and also because sometimes in life, you know, we don't, we don't win every battle. Sometimes we're struggling. We're going through ups and downs in our life. But just so you know, The Empire Strikes Back is not the end of the whole series. The good guys do win eventually. You can win in your life eventually, and it takes time. So Luke and the rebel base in this movie, I'll give you a brief synopsis of the beginning. Luke and the rebel base have been discovered by the Empire, and they're attacked, and they have to leave their, their camp. And they're heading to this rendezvous point, but Luke receives a message from his old teacher in a, we'll call it a vision. I'm not going to get into what a force ghost is here on a Sunday morning, uh, but essentially a vision from his teacher telling him he needs to go learn from an old master, Yoda the ways of the force. So he, he goes to get away and learn. And let's watch the first clip of him heading into Dagobah. Yep, that's it. Dagobah. No, I'm not going to change my mind about this. I'm not picking up any cities or technology. Massive life form readings, though. There's something alive down there. I'm sure it's perfectly safe for droids. I know, I know! All the scopes are dead. I can't see a thing. Just hang on. I'm going to start the landing cycle. So Luke and R2, they uh, land on, da well, I should say crash on Dagobah. And I want you to notice some of the things that they say throughout these clips, all right? I know there's a lot going on. Focus on the words that are being said. Luke says that this planet that they're going to is void of technology, but there's still massive life there. Remember that. Think about that for later. Tuck that away. And, and they, they come across this odd creature who tells them that he can, he can take them to the Jedi Master Yoda. 
And so they follow this odd creature to his house, and let's look at the next clip to see what happens next. Most because of my father, I guess. Ah, father? How oh, for Jedi was he? How <laughs> mm, for Jedi? Oh, come on. How could you know my father? You don't even know who I am. No, I don't even know what I'm doing here. We're wasting our time. I cannot teach him. The boy has no patience. You will learn patience. Hmm. <sighs> Much anger in him, like his father. Was I any different when you told me? There's mm. <sighs> not ready. Yoda. I am ready. I, Ben, I, I can be a Jedi. Ben, tell him I'm ready. Ready, are you? What knows you ready? For eight hundred years have I trained Jedi. I don't count too well I keep on who is to be trained. A Jedi must have the deepest commitment, hmm? the most serious mind. This one, a long time have I watched. All his life has he looked away to the future, to the horizon, Never his mind on where he was, hmm? what he was doing. Hmm. Adventure, hey. excitement. Hey. Hey, Jedi craves not these things. You are reckless. So was I, if you remember. He is too old. Yes, too old to begin the training. But I've learned so much. All right, so Luke finds out that this creature is actually Yoda, right? Uh, he doesn't realize that at first. Luke can be kind of dense a couple times. He's, he's young and immature, but he wants to be a Jedi. He wants to learn, but he's impatient. He's reckless. Yoda says a Jedi must have the deepest commitment, the most serious mind. You have to be committed in order to grow. And I want to look today at a few traits of someone who is growing as a young Padawan believer, if you will, in the, in, the, in the following of Jesus. And our first point is that Christian's belief flows from commitment. You have to be committed. You have to be devoted to what you believe, a deep commitment, a serious mind. Because choosing to follow Jesus is, is not something you can choose to do half-hearted. You don't go to bed one night saying, well, I don't have really any interest in Jesus. I don't have any interest in God. And wake up the next morning saying, you know, I'll try being a Christian. I'll, I'll give this a shot. It has to be a deep commitment. This is not like choosing whether you're going to go to the gym in the morning or not. This is not choosing whether you're going to start taking guitar lessons. This is beginning a relationship with God. It takes commitment to begin and to continue in a relationship. Luke, or I'm sorry, not Luke, Romans chapter 12 talks about committing your life to God. It looks at, look at what it says here. It says, appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, 
what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What are we to present to God? Our, our, our works, our, our talents, our merits, the things that we've done? No, God says, I'm not here to be impressed with what you've done. I just want you present yourself. Because you can give your works to God and never actually surrender yourself to God. You know that? You can give him the things that you have, but actually not present yourself. It says a living sacrifice. What does a sacrifice mean? A sacrifice goes to die. It means giving up, sacrificing yourself. That's why the Bible says, I died to my flesh and I live to Christ. I'm giving up myself. And it says it's your spiritual worship to surrender yourself. That's why we sing and we lift our hands and surrender to say, God, I'm here. I didn't bring you anything. I brought you myself. Then he says, bring yourself and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation begins in your thoughts. Guard your mind because what your mind is focused on, the rest of yourself is going to follow. And so when we worship God, our mind is renewed because we are focusing on God instead of focusing on our feelings and what we do. That's what worship is. I, I could preach on worship the whole time. How often do we allow our feelings to determine our commitment level? I'll, I'll be a Christian on the days that I feel like it. I'll, I'll worship God when I feel it in the song. No, Christians with a transformed and a renewed mind says, my feelings don't decide when I worship, I decide when I worship. My attitude doesn't dictate when I surrender to God, I decide when I surrender to God. Because I'm committed, I'm committing myself to worship and I choose to believe. Are you with me? Yes, Let me show you what specifically the Christians should be committed to in their walk with God. We know that we have to guard our hearts and our minds but look at the church in Acts chapter 2. In Acts 2, after the Holy Spirit had come and he had been poured out and they received the word, it says there were some that were baptized and believed. Here's what happened. The end of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 44. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. It says they were devoted, they were committed, what? To the teaching of God and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. So if you want to stay committed as a believer, stay connected to the teaching of God to the word of God. You want to stay committed? Surrender yourself with people that are of the same mind that can help encourage you in your Christian walk. Maybe even go out to eat, get something to eat together. It's biblical. It says it right there. Some of you are like, man, some of these commandments are tough, but I could probably try that whole eating together thing. I think I, I'd probably be good at that, you know? Start there, getting a meal together with people and talking about the things of God. Be committed to getting together and praying together. Let's move on in the Star Wars story. Luke, he begins to train with his master, Yoda, in the swamp. And Yoda begins to impart 
his wisdom to Luke. Let's check out this next clip. Run! Yes, Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. Anger, fear, aggression. The dark side of the Force are they. Easily they flow. Welcome to join you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Consume you, it will, as it did Obi-Wan's apprentice. Vader, is the dark side stronger? No. This year, more seductive. But how am I to know the good sides from the bad? You will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. A Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense. Never attack. But tell me why I can't. No, no, there is no why. Nothing more will I teach you today. Clear your mind of questions. So Luke is training with Yoda, and Yoda is explaining the difference between the light side and the dark side, the good versus what is evil. And I love some of those nuggets of truth in there when Yoda is sharing with Luke. Luke asks, is the dark side stronger? And Yoda responds quickly, right? Definitively, no, no. But he says what? He says, it's quicker. It's easier. It's more seductive. Is this not completely true of the spiritual light and darkness in our life? It's a lot easier to choose what we want to do, what's best for us, even if it's at someone else's expense. Doing the right thing is sometimes doing the hard thing. I was reading a book recently called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. He talks about how technology, our phones, they are keeping us from our focus. And, and he wrote a book, and, and so he, what he did is he went away from his technology. He left his phone and everything away. He went to um, an island somewhere for three to six months, I think it was. And he talked about over time how he began to regain his focus. Every time that before, there would be notifications that would break you away from your focus. But he said this in the book. He said, in general... We want to take the easy way out. But what makes us happy is doing that thing that's a little bit difficult. What's happening with our cell phones is that we put a thing in our pocket that's with us all the time that always offers an easy thing to do rather than the important thing. Sometimes the easy thing conflicts with the important thing. The happy thing, the, the thing that will actually give you more fulfillment is going to be a little bit more harder. It's going to be challenging. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm invested in my phone. I want to pull it out at the first sign of boredom, the first sign of urgency. And I'm not suggesting that our phones are only evil, but it is a tool, but it's also a trap. It's a tool and a trap. It can hurt us when we need to be focused on the silence and solitude. Our second point is that a Christian's belief flows from solitude. That's a, a unique point, but this is something that is becoming less and less appreciated in our world. Taking time for solitude and silence when we live in a world full of stimulation. 
But how can we hear from God if there's always noise? And believe me, if I'm convicting anyone here, it is me, okay? I always want something on. I always want a podcast in my ear, some background music, a show on in the background. I always want something. But if my, if my focus is always being split, how can I truly, solely be focused on God? Jesus was the master at solitude. He was the master at timing because he had to do both. We can't just be in solitude all our life and live like a hermit. That's not what I'm telling you to do. But he knew the right time to be in the crowd and the right time when he needed to leave and get away. Look with me at the, the book of Luke, not the story of Luke, but the book of Luke, chapter 5. It says this, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So Jesus heals a man of leprosy, and the crowds, they come to him. They come for his teaching. They come to be healed. And Jesus says, nope, not right now. I got to go. It specifically says, but he would withdraw. And the phrasing there makes people think, scholars think that this is a phrase the Greek would suggest that this was a recurring practice for Jesus to withdraw and pray. Notice it says, but he would withdraw, not and he decided to withdraw. He left. He said this is something that Jesus would do consistently. Think about it. The crowds are increasing. The demand for Jesus to come and be a healer and a speaker, they are increasing. The demand for this person who has this power is increasing, but yet he would withdraw. Jesus is still keeping time to get away. In fact, the more increase in demand, the more people needed him, the more time that he needed to get away. The increase of demand of life should push us to an increase in our time alone, an increase in our prayer life. Are you with me? It's easy for that to be the first thing to get crossed off our list. Well, I don't have time for that today. Sorry, God. Too much else going on. No, you've got it mixed up. You've got too much going on not to make that your first priority, not to first go to the word of God, not to first go in prayer because you need that power to live out your life effectively. Look at another example in Luke. The, the next chapter, six, chapter 6, verse 12, it says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued to pray in prayer to God. He would get alone and pray in isolation in the mountains. And this is before one of the biggest decisions that Jesus had to make. He prays all night on the mountain because the next day he was deciding on who the 12 disciples that he would have for the rest of his life. Before one of the biggest decisions, he didn't decide to get eight hours of sleep. He decided to go and pray and focus on God. Let's look at another 
Another example in Matthew 14. After Jesus fed the 5,000, we know the story of, of Jesus breaking the bread and the two uh, fish. It says in Matthew 14, 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Think about this timeline of events. Jesus blesses the food, distributes it, everybody gets enough to eat, and then it says immediately Jesus makes, he compels, he, he tells the disciples, get in the boat, we're getting out of here. He makes the disciples leave. I think this is a combination of a couple things. I think Jesus is dispersing the crowd before it gets too big and out of control, before people come and try to break it up. But I think it's also because he realized he needed to get some rest. He needed to get alone and pray. Thinking back to this movie, Luke asked questions about the light side and the dark side. He asked, how will I know the good from the bad? Yoda says, you will know when you are calm, at peace. How can we be at peace if we're always caught up in the next thing in our world? When we get alone in isolation with God, that's where our peace comes from. Getting alone with the peace of the Holy Spirit, that is where we can be calm and distinguish the difference in what is good and bad because we're now listening to the God of discernment and wisdom. That's how you know the good versus the bad. And Yoda and Luke, they continue to train and let's see what happens next as they are training. Use the force. Yes. <laughs> you, Isn't that a perfect metaphor for how we are trying to focus on God, focus on the thing, and then we get a ping, a notification, something that completely distracts us from what we should have been focused on. I hate to compare R2-D2 to our notifications because I love him, but, but in this case, it works out fairly well. And Luke becomes distracted on what he's supposed to be focused on. And then let's look at what happens right after that. So certain are you. Always with you, what cannot be done. Do you nothing that I say? Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do. Oh, do not. There is no try. <sighs> I 
So here Luke thinks that it's hopeless for him, right? The ship is gone and Yoda says, always with you, it can't be done. Luke is comparing moving stones with the force and saying that's way different than moving an entire ship. To which Yoda defiantly disagrees. He says it's only different in your mind. Luke here multiple times, he puts his focus on the wrong things that prevent him from believing. We brought this up earlier, we talked about it, but our last point is that a Christian's belief flows from focus. Focus. What are we focusing on? Because what we focus on will determine our level of belief and faith. Notice in the first clip, Luke is successfully wielding the force, right? He's moving the material and then he gets distracted by R2. And then Yoda, as he's falling, yells, concentrate, as he's falling. Focus. What are we putting our focus on? Because Luke focuses on his limitations and the impossibility of a situation. And after trying to resurrect the ship, he comes back to Yoda exhausted. He says, I, I can't. And Yoda says, but a powerful ally I have in the force. And let's look at the very last clip for this morning. Before we close. Such a great moment, right? 
And I got to nerd out for just a half a second and say, isn't John Williams' score in this movie, like, amazing? It's just so, so good. Almost, there's almost no dialogue, and yet you feel the triumph, you feel the victory from that score. But notice the difference in the first clip of how Luke is wielding the force. Now, he's a physically strong person trying to, to resurrect this thing with a force, and yet he collapses at the end, saying, I can't do it. Yoda looks like he's barely moving a muscle, and yet he is successfully wielding the force. The small being at peace was able to resurrect the ship with what he believed. Luke is, Luke is focused on his own strength, his own ability, but Yoda is partnering with this powerful ally. What are you focusing on? What are you putting your hope in? What is the ally that you attach yourself to? Because circumstances and things in our life, they're going to change. Things will get more challenging at times in our life. The strength and the size of our circumstances may ebb and flow, but the strength of our God is going to stay the same from age to age. So what you're putting your focus in, what you're putting your strength in, that has to remain strong. We must rely on the power of God and not focus on our own strength. We've talked a lot about Jesus. He would get away throughout times in this earth to, to get his strength. I want to show you one more area when Jesus would get away. In the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was baptized by John, and then he was led into the wilderness to pray. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4 as we close. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after four, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angel concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. This is a very important passage of scripture, and we're just, we're just kind of doing a flyby today. I'd love to take some more time on a different Sunday to look in depth at this. But it says the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. Jesus fasts and prays for 40 days Meaning he, he went without food. We haven't talked a whole lot as a church about fasting because it's, first of all, it's a difficult thing. And whenever you hear the word fasting, you automatically get hungry. But what this does, fasting is a spiritual discipline that takes away your focus on the things of this world and helps you to exclusively focus on praying and connecting with God. I hope that here in, in January to begin the next year, we might take some time to start the year with some praying and fasting as a church. But focusing on God so that when the temptations would come, notice the tempter didn't come at first. 
The tempter came after 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus is very hungry at this time. He's vulnerable to attack at this time. The devil always comes when we're vulnerable. But Jesus had put his focus on God. And your belief in God has to flow from the words of God. Notice every time the devil tempted Jesus, he was focusing on him. He said, you know, Jesus, you could do this. You could make these loaves, these bricks become loaves and eat them. You know, Jesus, you, you, could, you could jump off and the angels would rescue you. You know, Jesus, you could have all authority, all the kingdoms if you want. And every time Jesus focused back to God, he said, but the words of my father say this. What are you focusing on? Because the devil always wants to try to put the focus on you. What you want, what you need, we have to remember the word of God. And deflect and say, no, what does my father want? Jesus said, I only speak what I hear the father speaking. I'm only going to do what I sense the father wanting me to do. He was in complete alignment and surrender with God. Worship to you guys can come up as we close. Temptation was always to get Jesus to focus on himself and his own ability. It's difficult in our life and trying to believe. It's difficult to be patient and to be calm and to wait in the silence. But that is where our belief is able to be cultivated and grow. Why don't you stand up as well as we close here this morning? I want to take a moment to give you and God a moment to connect and allow your belief and your faith to grow this morning. I'm going to invite you, if you feel comfortable, if you need to get away from the distractions, you can come forward, you can, you can kneel down, you can do whatever it takes to get you to focus more on God than anything else. And ask the worship team, they're going to lead us in a song. You're feel, to, feel free to sing along with them, but if you just need to focus on God and pray, you can do that as well. And then I said at the end of the song, they're going to lead for about five minutes. And then at, at the end of that, they're going to pause. We're just going to have the pad on. And we're going to have a moment of silence to focus our minds on God. Sometimes we don't, we don't need all the performance. We don't need all the things. We just need a moment as a group to focus on God. And it's hard for me to be the person in charge and have something not happening on the stage. It's very difficult for me. But a lot of times we need to focus in the solitude, removing all the distractions. Then we'll close after that. But would you pray together? Let's take a moment to quiet ourselves before God. God, we thank you that you meet us in the stillness and the quiet. Help us right now. I pray for all of our minds to tune out what's next today to tune out what's next tomorrow, what we have to do, and just focus on being with you right now in this moment. Speak to us. I pray a rhema word over each person here that needs to hear a specific message, a specific word from God. Strengthen our belief in you. Strengthen our commitment to you this morning. We give this time to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, 
check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.